Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review. It helps us out. Today, episode 45, we've been doing pretty good. We were out last week because I was out of town, but we've got uh, George and Tyree here. And uh, this time we got George in-house, and we're talking to Tyree through the uh, the telecommunications of modern day internet. What's up guys? How you guys doing? Doing What's good up? so far. Yeah, I guess now you're in the Carolinas for for good now, huh? Yep, for good. And I'm disappointed in you for um tweaking yourself to where you can't get you with me after talking trash on Instagram. I'm just being smart and I realize I I don't need to work on my push press anymore today. So I'm going to give it a couple days and then I'll be back. I'd rather take two days now than when I need it. Yes, that mm. was, um, is this orange dream sickle? Yeah. One of the best flavors. I need to get you guys off that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cheaper than coffee. Ah, it's Ooh, cheaper than going out. Yeah. Let me correct. It's cheaper than going to Starbucks. That's it's cheaper than that. Yeah, well, if I wanted shitty coffee, I'd go to Starbucks. Uh, yeah, it's just so good. They got so many. There's so many different flavors. If you don't like the Dream Sickle, you can go to the White Gummy Bear. If you don't like that, you can get the Candy Apple Crisp from Bang. You don't like that, you can get the Unicorn one. Yeah, there's just so many options. So many options. Yeah, I save those for like my driving trips when I really need to get amped up, or. If I used to save them for a competition too, just to get that extra. But for training, I think it's too much. Uh, I I don't like pre workout for training. That's I don't take pre workout for training because I feel like pre workout hits more. What What did you take the day that you double body weight is snatched? Was it pre workout coffee? All of it, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, whoop. All right. I'm messing with the settings and I went way too high. Let's see how this goes. All right. That sounds better. We just blew Tyree's ears out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to like taking pre workout and then I would go on phases where I'd like try to be able to train without it. Um, but you have to be able to go heavy in training too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're just hitting higher percentages more often, that's going to lead to, uh, you know, more progress in the long run. Um, you know what, that brings me to an idea about what our, uh, what I've been thinking about recently is, you know, about training volume and, and weightlifting. And I don't think, that if you like, if you start a sport when you're like a teenager, um, I think there's a few exceptions, and I think I think CJ played other sports too, but I would say he's like the exception where like he started young and he just excelled at it. But I don't think if if you start weightlifting young, I think you'll have some initial like short term success, um, but then once like all the other kids kind of all the athletic kids kind of come along. 
and have been playing all these other sports, you're going to be uh, you're going to be left in the dust real quick, just because I think GPP and volume of other sports and things like that can really make a big difference for a weightlifter. Um, and I was thinking about this in particular for uh, for women because we were talking about uh, we were talking about this the other day, George, about volume of training and all that. But so there was an example of a girl, she was a youth athlete and she hit a couple youth American records back in the day and she was really good. But then like by the time she got to 18, like her progress had stalled and she was pretty strong, but she was very unathletic and she wasn't interested in doing any other athletics. She wasn't interested in doing anything that involved running just because that stereotype of like weightlifters running like hit a little bit too hard for. Um, so I think that can actually do some more damage for somebody's long-term progress as an athlete than, than it can help. The amount of volume that you need, I don't think you can get enough volume just doing weightlifting or strength and conditioning that you need to be able to get to like a, an acceptable level of strength. So let's just take like soccer. They just run for hours. Some people need that <laughs> volume. You know, they're still sprinting, so they're getting explosive work. You know, they're in that mid-range there. Uh, and then let's take gymnastics. They're just jumping and doing flips and doing that stuff so much. And it's just the amount of volume is what makes gymnasts, like the second sport gymnasts, go into so many different sports because they've, they're so strong. CrossFit, weightlifting, what else do they go into? Some pole vault, but I guess that's a little different. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, pole vultures make good weightlifters too. Um, maybe they started it in gymnastics. Yeah, well, I guess my point is, I think you just need that volume. And I think that's why, like, I don't know, I guess some girls do better. Uh, they get stronger from CrossFit than they do from weightlifting. Um, and I just think that on average, the training volume has to be a little bit higher, especially for somebody just starting out in weightlifting or in their athletic career. Okay. So, uh, which I, I agree with you. I agree with everything you said, but why do you think it's um, different for some of the other countries? What do you mean? Um, why do you think China and North Korea are good and they have athletes that are excelling and they start them at such a young age? Well, what else are they doing? That's the thing that we don't know about the Chinese system. You know, well, if you look at the Chinese system well, too, they uploaded a uh, file online. Have them doing all the GPP? They use over 340 something exercises. And you look at other countries where they're, they're probably using only like a quarter of that amount of exercises, truthfully. Oh, they I did know. have a video of the Even top Chinese lifters doing kettlebell stuff. And it was like, it was kettlebell stuff, dips, and like that, a jump rope. Like, so the, there's been one video where they had Tao was doing it. And I don't remember the other ones, but it was their top lifters. It was after one of the world championships. And they had them just doing a bunch of GPP stuff. So I've seen that. But at at what age are they starting that with them? I, I, guess, I guess you're right. We just don't know. 
Yeah, they still might be playing other, you know, games slash sport at that young age to kind of get them well-rounded. I mean, they should, I mean, they have examples of people that came from other sports that didn't start early. Lou didn't start until he was like 20 or something. And now he's like possibly their best one. If he comes and wins four Olympic gold medals. Um, Do you think you that know? they'll actually send him over she? Apparently Lou's weighing 74 right now. Do you think they'll actually send him over she in the 73s? Didn't you say something about them going up to uh, 89? Yeah, I thought something about 89. He went down, actually? Yeah, well, he stopped lifting. And he said that he was, when he said he was coming back, he said that day he was weighing 74, naturally. And he said Uh that going up to 81 was hard for him. So... He's naturally weighing 74. Again, like he's going to start lifting again. He's going to put some weight back on. He's going to start eating again. Um, so I'm, I'm sure then he'd have to fight to get down to 73. But there is not a shot in hell that he could that he could take the 89s. Not a chance. No. Tao's not as consistent as him. I think Tao, no, Tao wasn't the guy I was thinking of. Tao isn't even going to get the spot. But Tao would beat Lou because, cool, Tao will snatch – 70 on a bad day because you know he he will hit one snatch and then he's going to accidentally clean and jerk 220. Lou can't do that. Lou can't. So Lou can't beat him now. At least now Lou can't beat him. Um, And don't forget about the other. They have three eighty ones that are snatching over 170 and are clean and jerking over 200. And now they're going up to 89 and they're younger. If Lou tried to go to 89, he's going to finish fourth or fifth. I don't know. They're pretty strategic. You have Lee Diane. You have Lee Diane. Um, who was the other guy? They just had a guy hang snatch 185 who was an 81. Like they have they have too many guys that are going for that 89 kilo weight class now that he would have to go down. And if he went down, uh, Weightlifting House said something about this the other day. They were talking about what numbers do they think they could hit. If Lou goes down, he can still snatch 170. Okay, Lou goes down, snatches 170. Um, she can snatch 170. Lou can hit over 200. And now he's going to force she to hit over 200. So that would be a good battle. And then it comes down to who does China want? And this is literally, they also said this is the only quad, the the way to qualify for the Olympics this year, this is the only shot that Lou could have to go to the Olympics because there's no other quad or qualification style that they've done the last few Olympics that would have worked for him. This is the only way that he could go. Hmm. Because he only needs one big total. And if they were taking like what they did last time where you had to have four competitions and they took the average of the four, Lou is not beating she four times. He's not going to be far enough ahead four times. But Lou could ball out and have one comp where he pulls it together, goes 172, 203. Yeah, I guess it's still international qualification, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, China still could There's, just say. Right, they she, said, she, you're not. not right, yeah, <laughs> they said that could be the end of it. Like, she, you're not competing here. We're not sending you to this comp. You don't have a chance to out-total them. You're done. Yeah, that would be a rough situation to be in. Well, all the talk around Lou right now, I don't know why they would um, 
put him in such a spot to where he's got like all the pressure of like thinking that he has a shot of going back to not. I think they're going to give him their, an opportunity. I think they'll give him an opportunity on him. I feel like they're betting on Lou, honestly. I wouldn't say they're betting on Lou yet. I, I think that they're going to give him the opportunity to see what he looks like when he starts training again. And if he shows back up and hits a 174 in the training hall, they're going to be like, okay, well, you know, or in the gym with them, like that's that's going to be a way of like, okay, I guess this is a battle for real. Because we've never you seen know, she I, snatch over 170. And we've never seen a lifter and lose weight class snatch 170 plus more than him. I wonder if you're thinking about their decision-making process a little bit too American. You're thinking very much like you're giving Lou a shot where it might be something completely you know, I, different. Where I'm not thinking, thinking, I'm not thinking about them giving him a shot. Gold medals, he will bring so much notoriety to Chinese weightlifting. It wasn't necessarily that they're trying to be fair to Lou. I'm viewing it as they're wanting to get the gold medal. Who do they think will give them the gold medal? And if Lou I comes back and can beat Xi, they might just give it to Lou because like, hey, we want the gold medal. I wasn't thinking about them being fair. It's just. Yeah, they, I don't think they, they just the want gold. a gold medal. I think they can get a gold medal in any weight class. Yeah. Nobody else has gotten four gold medals. And then Lou could be looked at as the best weightlifter of all time. Yeah, and then China could be like, suck it, Eastern Europeans. Mm-hmm. You know, that brings up another good question. Who, what do you look at when you're ranking somebody as the greatest weightlifter of all time? Because I don't, I don't look at Olympic medals, which I, I know that's a thing. I, I know it's a thing, but that's why I'm curious what everybody looks at. When you're thinking about who the greatest weightlifter of all time is, male or female, what do you look at? Do you look at the the very top number that they ever hit? Do you look at how many gold medals they have? What do you look at? I, I would be more inclined to go towards medals because I'm a little bit more, I have higher respects for somebody who can do it under pressure and do it in unusual circumstances. The only issue with that is don't forget about how situational that can be. So, uh, was it, uh, Yuri Vardanian only won one gold medal. Tatiana never got an Olympic medal. Yeah. She chose the wrong country. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were banned every time it rolled around. So Tatiana never won an Olympic gold medal and Yuri Vardanian only won one because the other Olympics he could have went to, um, they did the friendship cup instead because they weren't coming to America. And then the one after that, he got screwed out of his spot. And that's when he spit in the coach's face and left the team. Yeah. So actually, I don't think, um, I think the determining factor would be more so at world championships. That's what I was going to say. What about worlds? Yeah. Because the Olympics, I mean, that's kind of like considered the pinnacle, but it's really not the same. Your worlds is kind of like, like a dog fight. Like that's. Worlds is the better competition for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in, in that respect, Tatiana is still doing real well because, you know, she comes in and she's clutch and she doesn't miss lifts. She opens up mm-hmm. heavier than everyone else. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, well, don't forget. I, I literally have a computer right next to me. Um, how many worlds did Tatiana actually win? Because don't forget about the Chinese super that she always had to go against. 
Yeah, you have to look it up. But maybe the Chinese Super only beat her one time, I think. And that was kind of at the end of her. Is Tatiana really 5'10"? I didn't think she was that tall. Mm, yeah, that doesn't sound right. They have her listed at 5'10". I thought she was like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, I mean, they they adjust yeah. the heights. So um, Tatiana won gold in 2010. She got silver in 09, gold in 10, silver in 11, gold in 13, gold in 14, gold in 15, gold in 18, silver in 19. Yeah, so silver in 19 is when the girl from China beat her, I think. Um, I think there were two different there were two different girls from China that beat her. Because they had the young one that beat her in 19 that you're thinking of. And then they had the, I don't remember her name. But the, the young one was the one that beat her in 19. It was the other one, a different one beat her in 11. It was probably that same one that beat her in 09. So, I mean, I think hands down, Tatiana is the greatest female weightlifter. So far. Yeah. Greatest female super. I don't know if I'd say greatest female weightlifter. Uh, who would you put above her? Um, uh, 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 what's her name? The Chinese, uh, she just retired. Dang way. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't prepared to think about different ones, but <laughs> I can't imagine Tatiana being the best one. Um, it's easier to do it this with women because it's just a shorter window. Like we can think of last 20, 22 years. Well, you could probably even go less because the depth of women was so yeah. low in the early uh, 2000s. But so, I don't really think about the best lifters of all time. That's not really a topic that comes up in my mind that often. Yeah, I was going to say, I normally just think about my immediate competition. So the best lifters in the U.S. I don't really think about the world that often. Thinking about the U.S., this is something that I, I thought about earlier today. I, I normally rag on USA weightlifting a lot. I poke at USA weightlifting often. But other than China, what country do you think has a better national championship than us? A more competitive national championship. A, as much depth as we have. There's China. And then... What country would you, I mean, cool, you guys have a top two or three, but what country has a deeper nationals than us? Because I'm looking at Pan Ams right now, and we have guys winning Pan Ams that couldn't have won nationals. We have people going to Pan Ams that couldn't qualify for our nationals. Oh, so, like from other countries. Yeah, yeah, from other countries. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So like, it, like America cool, we're not winning every medal at every world championships or every Pan Ams, but the amount of depth that we have, right, we're a big country, but the amount of depth that we have, other than China, whose nationals would you put up there with us to have quality lifters throughout the A session? Yeah. Yeah, the weightlifting in the United States is really kind of taken off. Uh because, I mean, even that uh, that Arnold meet in 2021, that was the largest weightlifting meet ever. 
in history, any country. So, I mean, sure, the qualifying totals were pretty low and all that, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of people competing in weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other sports, they don't really, uh, or other countries, they don't really seem to do weightlifting as much as a recreational exercise. I guess it's starting to take off in some of those like Western European countries as more of like, as they get into CrossFit too, they'll compete in weightlifting. But Russia's probably decently deep. I remember watching their nationals one year. Uh, it's always a little bit more like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it still seems like they're in a sports palace auditorium versus like a full on setup for, you know, like the setup that we had in, uh, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was it. Maybe I should take that back. Not Vegas. Let's just say one of those nice hotels that they have finals. in sometimes. AO finals. Yeah. So like last year's AO finals was in Detroit. Is that right? Uh, no, uh, nationals was there. Um, Finals was in Colorado. In December, we were in Colorado. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you got to think about, too, like how many gyms are available for the average population in other countries and like equipment. Mm-hmm. Is there equipment available for them to train? I think that probably plays a huge role to why other countries only have like top competitors just because of like the need of equipment and the need of like gyms and et cetera, coaches. It's more of like a job there. And, you know, it's like a hobby, more so of a hobby in the U.S. Yeah, they get recruited to a team versus, you know, just doing it for a hobby and then saying like, oh, I'm pretty good. You know, that's how it is in Cuba. They're like, oh, you look like you have some potential to do good in weightlifting. Let me put you in the weightlifting school. So like your school is centered around like training for weightlifting. And you're starting in middle school or high school. Um, so yeah, it's just a little bit different, but yeah, I think USA nationals is definitely kind of up there. Um, Chinese nationals is pretty cool. I've watched a few of them, of those sessions and it really is. It's crazy how deep like the 77s are, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll say I think the most, some, what it was the 81s this past year at nationals. Uh, I guess it might have been two years ago at Nationals, but it was the 81s, and they had 12 guys in the A session, and only one of them had a best snatch of less than 160, and it was like 157. They had 11 guys in the 81 snatching over 160, and I think they had three or four taking attempts over 170, and that's Nationals for them. Yeah, I was going to say the 81s at uh, Pan Am's, their snatches weren't even close to that. No, no, but but uh, now it's a little different because the 81s are no longer an Olympic class. So Yeah, but still. I mean, well, we do you do you know what they were hitting in the 89s last year at Pan Am's? No, I do not. I do not. It wasn't an Olympic class, so nobody cared. And I, that's now what the 81s are. Since we are no yes, longer sir. an Olympic class all the top lifters are going to move out because if you're a top lifter, you're trying to go to the Olympics. So you're going to move out of the weight class that isn't going to send anybody. So now we're, it's just drastic now because that's our weight class. And it's like, Oh, 
all right, cool. We the gold medal snatch just went down thirty two kilos. Okay. And that's at Pan Am's. Literally, that snatch wouldn't have get he wouldn't have won at nationals. Yeah, the the depth in the eighty nines was pretty deep. Uh, so, like yesterday, we had uh, Bo Brown and Derek Bochamp compete, and Derek did like snatch one sixty, clean and jerked one seventy seven, I think, and uh, Bo did one forty three, one eighty five, maybe. I, um, I didn't and they, see they still did like 10th and 14th place or something, which is 330 something. Because then those mm-hmm. those top ones, those are like world championship A-lifters because they're yeah. up there in the 370s. That's an impressive total for an 89. Couple, quite a few of them up in the 370s. Yeah. Um, what did you say the winning clean and jerk was? 210? 210, yeah. For 89. Yeah, that's a solid that's a solid lift. That's definitely like a session for like Pan American weightlifters. Well, think about that. That wasn't even they didn't nobody hit the world record in the 89s when they redid the weight classes until they changed it to an Olympic class. Nobody hit the the standards because nobody was in that weight class. And as soon as they do, we go to Europeans and uh Nino hit 217. What did Carlos hit? 213 and missed 17 or something. Um, so you had two guys over 210 there. Nino hit 213 again the other day at some random comp when he went 172, 213. Um, now we have a guy hitting 210, and these are all numbers that nobody touched in four years with the with the previous Olympic weight classes just because nobody was putting their best lifter in there. Uh, the kid from Venezuela, he hit 211 at another comp. What was it? He hit 211 recently at some random comp. So now when you're going to the Olympics and that's the weight class that people care about, then people are going to start balling out. Otherwise, they're going to move out of the classes. Yeah, I think that's definitely more true considering like those systems, how we were talking about how they recruit weightlifters and they get depth and stuff. Mm -hmm. I still think like in the United States, we'll still have some quite a bit of depth in those non-olympic weight classes you know for example nationals yeah it was it was uh what, what did they end up hitting like three first and, the, and second travis in the 81 yeah and 81 and ryan were both 330 plus right mm-hmm because ryan was 45 85 yeah ryan he's 45 85 missed 90 Yeah, he was forty five eighty five. So right at three thirty, right, and then mm-hmm. Travis was two twenty eight, two twenty nine, one kilo under or something. Um, those are pretty good totals for eighty ones too. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a time. Well, I mean, so we did that little uh, Instagram thing that it said like share your favorite. Uh, PR lift. Yep. And I went back and I started looking for a particular lift. It's the one that I won the 2012 American Open with. Uh, and it, I think it was like a 166 clean and jerk. And I went six for six and I totaled like 299 
because I did 133, 166. So, yeah. and then I won the American Open by one kilo. You know, Chad Vaughn didn't show up. So, I mean, there's that. Um, but, you know, you're winning a medal at under a 300 kilo total, which is You're not making the A session now. Yeah, you're not even making the A session. That was the barrier for this last meet. You 300 plus was the A session. Yeah. So, like, the depth of the United States has gone up quite a bit. Um, yeah, because, I mean, our top lifters are still not that far away. Because I think Chad's best total was still around that 330 mark as a 77. So we're not like skyrocketing our best totals, mm-hmm. but the depth is much more now. Yeah. Where instead of just having like Chad and I think the other guy was Lance Fry that was kind of reaching up there. And then Oscar Chaplin. Well, you know, that's that's actually quite a bit of depth. Uh, but that was just that one weight class. Uh, some of the other weight classes, it was just literally Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um and then it was just literally Shane Hammond. And then it was like <laughs> no one else under them. Yeah. And then on the women's side, there was one weight class that was pretty stacked. It was uh, back in the day, it was uh, like the early 2000s. You had Suzanne Leathers. Um, then Kara Heads. And I think Carissa was a little bit lighter of a weight class. She might have been in the same one. But... Um. It was those three kind of like going back and forth during those middleweight classes. Yeah, I think Carissa was lighter. Um, but it was Kara Heads and uh, Suzanne kind of battling it back and forth for that 75 kilo weight class. Um, but then a lot of the other weight classes, you know, it's just kind of, they only had one person. I don't think Melanie Roach had anybody to go against. Um, Kelly Rexroad Williams, she was a 48 for the longest time, she was like no competition until Morgan King showed up. Um, hmm. And she was making Pan Ams with a, a 160 total as a 48. You know, snatching 70, clean and jerking 90. And she was doing good. But now you've got 13-year-old girls doing that. Looking at that uh, 2000 class, uh, Robin and Taranat were 48s. Heads was 75, and then Cheryl was the super. That was, yeah, that was the spacing in the 2000 Olympics. I'm shocked. We sent two? I'm shocked they let us send two in the same weight class. When did they stop? Ah, no, you could do that before. When did they stop doing that? 2012? Uh, mm, no, that might be a 16 and beyond thing with that new qualification. Because we sent two, fem- uh, two female supers to London, didn't we? Yep. That's right. Yeah, because once they started doing the qualification, I think you might still be able to. Now that I'm thinking back on the qualification. No, you can't anymore. Yeah, because back that, was the, that was the issue with, um, at least I know this last Olympics you couldn't, because that was the issue with China, because Lee, Diane, and Lou both would have went. 
because uh, I think it was like China had out of the eight spots, the top eight spots, China had six of the top eight eighty ones because Shi Ziyong did a a comp where he didn't cut, and because of his Roby points from before, he ended up being the number one ranked eighty one in the world. So they had like six of the top eight eighty ones, but they could only send one. All right, let's see what uh... Yeah, I thought you could in 16 as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So in 16 you could still send two in the same weight class. Okay. Um uh Thailand got gold and silver in the 58s. Okay. Okay, so it was just this last quad. Yeah, once they started moving to that like individual qualification thing, mm-hmm. I think that's when they really started changing stuff. But pretty much between 2000 and 2016, I don't think there was any major international rules that changed. Um, they didn't really shake things up during that time. That was uh, that was the era of Thomas Ion. Um, <laughs> Uh, and whenever change comes, then people start shaking stuff up. That's fair. Yeah, because I thinking, I was thinking that I that both me and Travis were going to be eligible if the United States had uh, qualified more people for the sixteen Olympics. That would have been cool. Like that, that would have been cool. Yeah, that yeah, that would have been neat, but uh the likelihood of it um we yeah, I mean if some political decisions had been made different, it might have happened. Uh which is crazy how that comes down to that. Um yeah, some political and some competition differences. Like if we if we chose our team based on uh the Olympic trials, I think it would have been a closer bet. Uh, but once we had to choose the men's team based off of Pan Ams, and uh, then that selection procedure kind of um, made it more about Team USA as a whole rather than individuals, uh, which made it different. But still could show up and make lifts and make a team. That's the uh, that's the end goal. Uh Yeah, and then things got crazy with 21 Olympics. So they're trying to control drug testing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, James, George and I are, I think we're decent people. Uh, we're not Travis Cooper going to the Olympics, but it would be pretty hey, cool on. to have all three of us go to nationals hey, this year. Hey, speak for yourself. I'll be at the Olympics for you not. Hey, Travis Cooper though, that that's 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 a high person to to hop down. Like that's those are high numbers. What's Travis's best clean jerk? Ninety. Ninety-five. Ninety-five? Uh in training. I don't know what he's done in competition. Um All right. Travis just posted something, and it was a picture of him clean and jerking one eighty at nationals. And it's a quote and it says I was the underdog my whole career, but I knew I had the ability to compete with those guys uh, from Buster Douglas. Um, 
So I don't know if Travis feels like he's top dog. I, f- I think he feels like he's uh, the underdog and he just outmaneuvers and outworks and outlasts everyone else. Which he does. That he does. You could do that too. Me. I get All things. Yeah. Stop doing CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, I can't get a stretch of five months without having to limp around for something. Yeah. Well, that's why we need to get you tough. We need to get you, get you doing those GPP. That's what makes you tough. That's what I tried, and that was just a bad idea. I tried some GPP, and that... This CrossFit is not GPP. Uh, if yeah, CrossFit is volume, which okay. I guess you could argue it as GPP, but it's not like GPP is. I would say very low risk. CrossFit is higher risk than actual weightlifting. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that it's like super yeah. dangerous, but it is a higher risk thing to do than weightlifting. Yeah. So if you're trying to like not get injured for weightlifting, CrossFit is probably not your best choice. You know, it's back to that conversation that we had in the beginning. It's good to get a lot of volume into, especially if you need volume to get strong. Like you just need your work capacity up. Like a like a teenage girl would do exceptionally well with that amount of volume, just to build up the ability to lift a much enough tonnage to actually get strong. If you're just doing three sets of five at like 80% and you're weak, that's just not enough tonnage. All right. Let's just say you're weak. Um, weak is relative. Um, so let's just say you're doing 15 reps at 40 kilos in the squat. That's 600, um, 600 kilos of total volume. Now let's say you're doing CrossFit and how much does one of those medicine balls cost that they, uh, how much do they weigh the things that they do wall walls with? Oh, uh, like seven kilos. All right. So let's say seven kilos. And what's an average amount of reps I mean, that they do Jack, in a workout? Jackie's a hundred or uh, not Jackie. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what's the one where it's 150 for time? Well, that's one so workout. It's 150 for time. So even if it was a hundred, you're already over by a hundred. So seven kilos for a hundred reps that they do in a 15 minute CrossFit workout, you're already more. And that's not the only thing that they do. So let's just say times 150, you're looking at a thousand reps there. Mm-hmm. And even if you did five by five at 40 kilos, you're right at a thousand reps, but also they're also running and doing all these other box jumps, just a lot of work all at once. Um, so I don't know. I think it's good to get that volume or to just go out and do a sport and not count your volume. Um, that's the thing that going back to the best weightlifters of all time, Yuri Vardanian was master of sport in like seven different sports, yeah. which I guess that pretty much means he makes it to the national level in multiple different sports. So yeah, no, he was nasty at everything. Apparently that man was just good at everything he did. Well, he just does a variety of things and develops a um, broad skill set that all all of them kind of complemented each other. Like volleyball, I mean, that's got to complement weightlifting. 
quite a bit. All the jumping, hand-eye coordination. What other sports did he play? Eastern Europeans. He probably did some sort of martial art. Um, I know he was... It was something jumping. Like, it wasn't just... Like, they didn't just say track and field. Like, it was one like of the triple jumps. jumps. Yeah, it was one of the jumps, and it was one of the sprints. I don't remember which, but I know it was both. He had one of the jumps and one of the sprints. Um, but going back to GPP, I mean, sport is generally a little bit higher risk. But if you just do like GPP, especially for you that are just trying to limit the amount of injuries and just build toughness, I think GPP, like the stuff that I wrote in my book, would be more along the lines of things that you'd want to do, you know, low risk, controlled tempo, um, full range of motion. Um, and if you get hurt and tweaked doing that, that just means that you're really weak in those odd end range of motion positions and you just need to start light and kind of work your way up. Um, and it'll pay off. Yeah, you might not get super strong from it, but you'll gain the ability to train harder on the strength exercises without injury. Because really, I mean, that's how you push getting strong is you skirt that line of doing so much that you almost get injured, but then you're right under that and you don't get injured. That's how you get the strongest, the fastest. And that's kind of hard for a lot of people to figure out where that line is because that line changes all the time. You know, it changes when you're 18 and then, you know, those magic years of 18 to 22, that line's way up high. And then, you know, you got to figure out the line after you get past that crazy magic years. And then, uh, and then once you get into masters, it goes lower. And you gotta you gotta be realistic about where that line is and reevaluate and be strategic like Travis and his uh, his training and uh, just keep getting better. Inter weightlifting is an interesting sport. How much it changes. It's so simple, but then it's it's really not. Yeah, yeah, it gets pretty fun. Um, so I think that's a good ending point on today. You guys got any uh, any last words? Any uh, last uh, ideas? Play as many sports as you can and do as much GPP as possible. Sounds about right. Don't do double Good unders. <laughs> My calf will be okay eventually. It'll be back. Yeah, I hope so. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.